most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. Man, what the hell is this, man? Breakfast Club, bitches. I'm glad they put y'all together. Y'all are like a mega force. Y'all just took over every... Wake your punk ass up. This Chris Brown. I've officially joined The Breakfast Club. Say something, mother... I'm with it. The world's most dangerous morning show, Breakfast Club, bitches. Wake up, wake up. Wake your ass up. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? This is Audrey Champer from Orlando, Florida. Hello. Good morning, Audrey. Good morning, Andre. Calling from that crazy state of Florida. Yes, yes, yes. I, it, it, it's a trap. And my young Jeezy voice, it's a trap, baby. Hey. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a trap. You hear me? Listen, I'm calling in. Um... I'm on, I'm down Biden and Harris all the way mm-hmm. because I feel like, I feel like as black people, we will have a better chance, especially with a black woman that's on there because I'm a black woman. And, um, Charlamagne, how you talked about Florida. When I tell you this place is a plantation, do you hear me? It is yes, a ma'am. plantation. It is a plantation. I'm a black woman in America. And I just feel like the way that the, the foot is just on my neck convicted felon got in trouble in 1992 and the state of florida still holds that against me still right now today it stays on my record for 75 years i don't get to qualify to steal or expunge it so i feel like my voice needs to be heard it needs to be heard and i feel like it will be able to be heard through kamala harris i just feel that way and i feel like all the black women who sit around you know, the black women who sit around and talk about her and be and, and on the bandwagon about talking about her. Half of these people who are talking about her, they wouldn't even they wouldn't even do what she's doing. Yeah, don't, I'm voting for Senator Harris. Yeah, don't yeah. have the mental fortitude to even do what she's doing. That, that's yeah, I'm, right. I, I'm sorry, y'all. Uh, no, I'm with you. No, we I'm love your passion. The, uh, uh, yeah. And that's what we want. We want, people to feel, we want people to feel passionate about voting, not just like, all right, yes, got to go vote. Yes, and that was one thing I did get my I get I did get my rights to vote. You know, they gave me my right to vote, but the felony it dictates where I can live, where I can mm-hmm. you know where I can work at. I've been kicking in doors, and then I'm a product of molestation. I was molested for 19 and a half years of my life, mm-hmm. so I deal with mental health issues because of that. Because of that, right now today, Charlemagne, I'm Charlemagne. Give me some resources. PTSD. I don't take medication. I don't do none of that stuff. I fight my way through. I have been developing my own coping skills just to make it in America as a black woman. And it is so draining. When I tell y'all, it is draining. So I'm down with Biden and Harris, man. I, I'm, I'm down with it. And I feel like all other black people should be down with it, too. Shut your ass well, you know, uh, and you vote. There you go. Yeah, I think I think Thank the Biden Harris administration has the opportunity to be as um transformative as as Lyndon B. Johnson was, you know, in particular because of Senator Kamala Harris. And you know, even two issues that she mentioned just now, I love Kamala Harris's mental health program. You know, last November, you know, I was with Senator Kamala Harris in Goose Creek, South Carolina, when she unveiled her mental health initiative. So you know, I, I actually like her because of the policies that I've I've seen her implement and the policies she wants to implement. So, yeah, I'm voting for Senator Kamala Harris all day. Well, thank you. Thank you for calling. Hello, who's this? Yo, good morning. This is the boy Norm out of Pittsburgh. Good morning, Charlotte, man. Uh, Peace, King. <laughs> Uh, Angela, again, she there. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, I just want to, yo, my dad just came home after going 30 years. 
Wow. So I'm happy about that. I just bought my woman her engagement ring the day before yesterday. Her birthday's next month. So I'm going to pop the question on her birthday, give her her championship ring. Uh, Angela, guess what today is? What guess day what is day it? it is. Guess, guess <laughs> what day it is. Tell her sister she's beautiful day. You're beautiful, mama. Oh, I mean, thank you. I appreciate that. that. Uh, you already cheating. You already cheating. You already cheating. You just said you, you want to get married too. and give your girl a championship ring, and you're already trying to play for another team. Look at you. No, no, no. I always recognize other talent, though. Never, never play for them. But wow. I just nope. Nope. Wow. I, nope. Nope. Uh, guys, crazy. Nope. Is dope. Hey, hey, yo, Charlamagne. Did you know Envy is willing to bang out for a seven thousand dollar bag? Yep. What? I knew that. Yeah. Yeah, I listen to it. I listen to their podcast. A very, very great podcast with him and his wife. Just me and my woman you, talking about a lot of things. But yeah, you mean, when, you, when you say bang out, what you mean? You know, what you mean uh, banging like ride, like riding for a long time with yeah, gel on his butt? Yeah, yep, yep, with true, that gel true, on his butt, true. yo. That gel on gotcha. his butt. He got a 16 wow. speed. <laughs> 21 speed. Listen, man, I love y'all, man. Y'all great, man. <laughs> Definitely, man. I he love y'all, and I'm gonna continue speed. to listen to y'all, man. <laughs> okay. Shift those little beige gears, Envy. Little well, thank you for listening to the podcast. You. That's <laughs> crazy. Hello, who's this? Good morning, Breakfast Club. This is LaShawn. And I just want to send a congratulations out to myself. I graduated with my MSW from Yeshiva University from the Bronx. And I just want to say I'm blessed and highly favored. Bless yeah, black and congratulations, congratulations, mama. That's so dope. We need work. We need your work out here. Well, thank you, sir. Congratulations, and thank you for calling, mama. Thank you, Envy. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? It's Teray from Detroit. What up, Dow? Uh, don't you go making fun of her accent. Uh, child, speaking of accents, I, ain't nobody making fun of Detroit. Speaking of accents, tell me why I just moved here from New York. I'm gay as hell, crop tops, coochie cutters, everything, doing me, living my good life, but I live amongst all these Caribbeans. It's Flatbush. So you know they staring me down, looking like I'm, they going to try to kill me, and I have to give them this Detroit attitude because I already know y'all can't do no hate crimes here because they going to revoke your uh, immigration card, honey. And God only knows what you did in uh, Jamaica to even get here. So just keep staring while I keep walking. You tell okay? them to Ray. And you know I'm from Flatbush. Honey... Let me tell you, your people, your people is getting on my nerves. Uh-uh. And they and they over here, they looking at me all crazy-eyed and shit, And I can't take it, honey. I'm just what's your, over it. What's your name? We gonna put the, the word out there. They gotta leave you alone and show you some respect. Or at the very least, follow my Instagram at jteray. Teray, you know it's your fault, right, Teray? You got your buns out. You got your stomach out. You looking all sexy. So that's the reason they you looking at you. And, 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 you know, and they are because of all the trade is looking at me. And I had a few little trade pieces or whatever. Okay. But the was trash. No. Oh. The was trash. I know. Yeah, I, I was very disappointed. I mean, very disappointed. The penis is trash and nothing you can do, right, Teray? There's nothing I can do. I'm going to go to the Bronx and get pregnant or something. All right. All right. Let's go. Boogie down. Teray, if you get pregnant, you call us up immediately, all right? <laughs> we need you up here. I sure will. You <laughs> the answer. <laughs> all right. All right, Trey Teray. Jay Teray. Jay Forget. Hello, who's this? Hello? 
Hello? This is Morato. Oh, shoot. Morato. Damn delayed response. That's a very original name. Yeah. I've never heard that before. Where you calling from? Good. Uh, I'm calling from Angola, Africa. Africa. All right. Africa. Wow. All right. The motherland. What's happening? Get it off your chest. Good morning. All right. Good morning, DJ Envy. Good morning, Charlemagne the God. What's up, King? Good How are you? Good morning, Angela. Yeah. Good morning. Nice. Yeah, yeah, because it's, like, it's a very long distance call. I might spend here $100 just to make this call. Uh, I just want to. I just want to say that this 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 show is amazing. Um, you guys are doing an incredible job, and I listen to you every day in my Apple podcast. And I don't even know if the program was live. I just called. Okay. Some positivity. Yeah. We, what you guys doing? And keep inspiring us uh, all. What time is it in Africa right now in Angola? What time is it? It's eleven sixteen. Okay. P.M. or A.M. A.M. Okay. All right. Good to talk to you, brother. Hello, who's this? Are we comedians? Shana. Hey, Shana, get it off your chest. I just want to thank God for this day. That's right. You know, I know. (laughs) Look, I thank God for this day, for this job. I'm so blessed. I'm highly favored. I got my own business. And I just want to just thank God. That's all, guys. Shana, Shana, you're not just blessed and highly favored. You're blessed, black, and highly favored. You're you absolutely right. I am blessed, like, and highly favored, and I just want to thank God for it. Thank yes, you, ma'am. Hello, who's this? Hey, man, what's up? This is Reckless TV. How y'all doing? What's up, Reckless TV? Get it off your chest. I wanted to speak about college. I did trade school. I did two years for HVAC and uh, electricity, and I can work anywhere in the United States. I'm 23 years old, and nobody's doing trade no more. Everybody's trying to be doctors and lawyers. So right now, trade school is the best thing you can do. I agree. After, after I graduated, my uh, my teacher came to me and said I should go for another four years, and I'd be guaranteed to make six figures, and I can go anywhere in the United States. Mm-hmm. So trade school is popping right now because ain't nobody really doing it, and everybody needs help with HVAC and uh, air conditioning. Yeah, exactly. man, I, I met this guy the other day, I think when I was in D.C., man, he ran up on me and he was like, man, thank you for always talking about trade school because I went to trade school and I've been gainfully employed for 40 plus years. There you go. <laughs> I forgot what he said he did. Hello, who's this? What's up, Envy? This is E from Asheville, North Carolina again. What's up, bro? You started your business this weekend? Man, I started me up my business this weekend as hot, uh, a hot dog cart called Bunny LLC. Bunny like LLC. I like that. That's yeah. dope. Congratulations, sir. Hey, you should have came hey, man, out to the wanna, seminar, uh, man. You would have had a, over a 1,000 people wanting some hot dogs, brother. Oh, yeah, man. That's what I'm waiting on, man. I got to get to this money, man. I ain't mad at you. Hey, man, I want to uh, thank y'all, man. You, Charlemagne, Angela Yee, uh, man, how you be a family guy, man. I really love that, man. And there's a lot of family men out here that look up to that, man. Keep going. Keep doing that. Charlemagne, man, you just keep us in from inspired and everything. Angela Yee, I love you. You're beautiful and everything, baby. Um, I would like all y'all to take a look at Black Alachian. Here he hiked the Appalachian Trail and he biked the Underground Railroad. Black Alachian, he got YouTube's up and he just trying to uh show you know black people that we can hike and because if the world comes to an end, boy, we ain't gonna know how to do nothing. So you know, check them out. And you ain't lying. Rapper too, logo. Okay, all right, bro. Thank right. you, man. I say that all the time. If, if it's a, a nuclear bomb or something was to hit, like what? How would people survive? People don't know how to fish. They don't know how to hunt. They don't know how to live off the land. Nothing. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. It's topic time. Pick up the phone, baby. 
Call 800-585-1051 to join into the discussion with The Breakfast Club. Talk about it. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, if you just joined us, we were talking about Lou Williams. Now, of course, he plays for the NBA, and he got an excuse to go home to go to a funeral. But he also went to Magic City to grab his favorite wings because Magic City is his favorite spot to eat at. Let's hear audio of that. Magic City is my favorite restaurant in the world. So all the entertainment is shut down in Atlanta. The, the restaurant is still open. You can still go to Magic and get, get your food. I don't see the problem. Young man stops at his favorite restaurant to get some food. Uh, good brother Jack Harlow, who I don't know from a can of paint, uh, did what I consider to be a lost art, and he tried to lie for his guy to keep his guy out of trouble. What's the problem here, people? What's the problem? That is the question. 800-585-1051. When's the last time you had to lie for a friend? Charlemagne does not lie for his friends. If you're in trouble, do not call him because you will be in the doghouse. Well, yeah, it, when it comes to trouble with your with your old lady, for sure, you know. Um, and, I, and I was telling y'all a story from about about seven years ago, maybe seven, eight years ago. And um, I had a I had a partner of mine, and his baby mom called me one Saturday morning, like six thirty, seven in the morning, you know, asking me, was he with me the night before? And I said absolutely not. And the reason I said absolutely not is because number one, I don't know what he was doing the night before. The way she sounded in her voice, like. It sounded like he could be doing more than cheating. That brother might have robbed a gas station. He might have robbed a liquor store. He might have robbed a bank. He might have did something he ain't had no business doing. And I didn't want no parts of it. I will not be an alibi. Because the thing about a lie, when you tell one lie, you got to constantly keep telling other lies in order to cover for that first lie. Now, if he would have hit me up and let me know the situation prior, then maybe it would have been a little different. I probably wouldn't have answered the phone altogether. But the fact that you didn't tell me at all, no, I don't condone that. Plus, black men don't cheat. So, you know, if you're getting caught up in situations like that, I'm judging you. I don't want to be involved in your mess. Don't bring that energy in my life. I'm over here trying to protect my peace. And part of protecting my peace is not having to lie. And if I have to lie, I'm going to lie about something that benefits me, not something that saves you. If I have to lie to save you, then I feel like I'm getting in the way of whatever God is is trying to show oh you. Boy. No, I think that's fine. You got to hold your peoples down. Now, ye. No. Yes. When's the last time you had to lie for a friend? You know, I haven't had to do that in a while. I'm trying to remember. But I definitely was the go-to person that everybody always said, I'm with Angela. And I used to have to lie all the time, especially in college. I had a house with three of my friends. And every time one of their boyfriends would call, if they didn't answer the phone or they couldn't find them, everybody would always call me and ask me what was going on. So I became Angela, an expert at it. So Angela is a liar, a liar, expert liar. I mean, back in the day with my friends, yeah, with my girls, and they always would give me a heads up, too. I can't lie for you if you don't tell me what's going on. That's, so that's the most if important you give me, thing. If you give me a heads up and you let me know, hey, and it'd be simple, you know, and I think that's the key, right, is keep it simple. And so no, my friends not- would be like, just say I'm with you, and then that's it, yeah. Or you were with me. Or the best lie for me back then was, oh, I think she's sleeping, but I'm asleep, too, so good night. Whoa, now that's I'm coming over. I'm coming over when you lie to me like that. <laughs> I'm not coming. That I'm actually coming did. That actually door. did happen. When, that actually did happen one time. Well, wake her up. up. Wake Wait, her up. Yeah. Yeah. She wasn't now there. Wake her up. FaceTime. Now we'll FaceTime. Wake her up. FaceTime me right now. I'm gonna FaceTime you right now. I want to see you. You sleeping? Yeah, that was the call waiting days. You can only do that when there wasn't no iPhones. Envy, when the last time you lied for a friend? Your wife's listening. Go. I didn't. I I haven't had to lie for a friend. You lying ass beige bastard. You lying right now. You lying-ass beige bastard. 
I haven't. I haven't had to lie for a friend. I mean, my, my friends are pretty good out there. I, I, I mean, other than shout the DJ Mono. Let me shout out DJ Mono. DJ Mono starting today at 105.3 to beat in Atlanta. Mono so getting congratulations under the bus. To him. Mono must but, be the single one. Mono must not. be the single one. With no, but uh, but I, had to, I had to lie for Mono a couple of uh, a couple of times. But you know what I do? Um, I, I, I don't answer the phone. When, any of my, when I see a number at 7 o'clock in the morning, I do not answer the phone. Text me. Text me first. Let me see what's going on first. Let me feel what's going on, and then I might answer. But besides that, nope. I'm not answering the phone. But for anybody out there lying for their friends, just keep it as simple as possible. Yeah, keep it Don't very too simple. Many questions, and then you got to go. Well, let's go Listen, to the phone lines. I want to say something real quick. What's that? A man, a man that will lie for his friends in regards to their cheating will lie to you about his cheating. Think about that when you call up here this morning, people. What? 800-585-1051. Hello, who's this? Yo, this is Tyler. Hey, Tyler, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, man? Uh, man, God told, man, that's what's going on. God told. Talk to me, Tyler. I'm what's that about? mean? You got to hold your God down, right? Of course I'm alive for my homie. Charlamagne, has See? it been that long? Has it been that long yes, since God Yes, told? it has. <laughs> yes, it has, sir. It yes, it has. You ain't gonna, yes, it has. You, you, need, you need notice? For your guy, if, yes. if, my girl, if my homie girl gonna call me, that instantly is a red flag, and I'm like, oh snap, okay, something going on. But I'm 29, so I'm at that age where you know we gotta do that. We still macking on women. We gotta, you gotta look out for your guys, man. No matter what, guys, cool. Envy, are well, you? I'm for you, do I do you agree? I, I no. agree with you. Your man's call you. You got to hold him down or you just don't answer the phone. I take two well, all day. Just don't answer the well, phone and text your man. Yo, bro, exactly. you good? Charlamagne, you tripping, Charlamagne. Come on, bro. I'm, I'm, you are, you are Mr. Guy Cole. You are Mr. I'm 40, Guy Cole. I'm 42. Five, seven years ago, I was 35. I wasn't in that uh, space where I could just lie. Because like I said, a man that will lie for his friends in regard to cheating will lie to you about his infidelity. Got him. him. Hit, hit this guy. <laughs> He's so disappointed in you. Hit this guy. Thank you, brother. Hello, who's this? Hey, I'm Ashley. Ashley, what's the last hey, time Ashley, you had to lie to you? You sound like a your liar. Girl? Most Ashleys <laughs> lie. Okay, um, it's been about five, seven years ago now. Mm-hmm. Okay, so a friend and I were out to meet drinks, and then, um, she was meeting an old friend, and on the way there, my friend's now ex-husband had called me now i don't even know how he got my number to begin with but he was like hey is such and such with you and i was like no he's like what she said she was with you so then i was like oh well i had to drop off my kid's dad first so i'm gonna pick her up after he's like okay so we end up meeting at the spot and the dude he shows up anyway so apparently he had a tracking device on her anyway he never found out that she didn't ride with me because she did ride with somebody. But, I mean, yeah, it was just a big mess. It wasn't you. Exactly. Yeah. And do you want to be a part of that mess? Think about all of that. Who wants to be who, no. You're trying to protect your peace and you all in that chaos. I know. Well, I mean, I don't talk to her anymore now. I'm solo. Because she messy and mm-hmm. she wants you to yeah. lie for her. That's yeah. not what friends do. Nobody got time for that no, mess. Well, yeah, like you said, she didn't give me a heads up. I had to come up off the top, so, yeah, no. Yeah, that's all we ask for is a heads up. If you need me to lie for you, I just need to know what's happening in this lie and what am I saying. That's all. That's right. Don't just ask me to rap on the spot. I don't want. I got. I need to have some written prepared. I got time. To, I ain't no good freestyler. Well, 800-585-1051. When's the last time you had to lie for a friend? Call us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. The 
I guess he he was an addict. He needed he, he didn't have a car. He needed to run up top and, and make make a move, and and he needed me to ask the boss if I could. I didn't have a ride home. Tell him I didn't have a ride home, and then uh, take the truck home so he could have it all night to make his runs. And you know I did what I had to do for him, but we had a plan. If he got pulled over, or if he got busted, or in an accident. He had to run, run as fast as he can and call me so I, <laughs> so I could report that truck stolen, like, on the spot because I am not taking it for him. But, I'm going to tell uh, you something. This, you know what this sounds uh, like to me? Two meth addicts lying for each other. Okay? Yeah, that, I, I feel you. This sounds like, sound like synchronized meth use. Opioids, Okay. So it's both y'all on opioids. I addict, but not no more. Like, I'm clean, thank God. Uh, you you clean dad, now, dad, but at the time. Yeah, no, no, no. This was this was about six months ago. I just had to help uh, my dad uh, get on a gurney. Uh, he had a seizure. He was bleeding out the mouth. Thank God he's okay, though. Every, uh, I, you know, God works in mysterious ways, man, but God bless him. God bless you guys. Thank you for what you do. Uh, okay. God you. bless you, too. All right. Keep it clean. So what's the moral of the story, guys? The moral of the story is a person that will lie for his friends or her friends in regard to cheating will lie to you about their infidelities. That's all. I don't want to be part of that mess. Hold your friends and down, and if not, just like hang up the phone. Cheat. Just don't answer. How about that? Just don't answer. Don't do your God Man, dirty like Charlamagne did. Just don't you answer. You say that. I'm you there for that. my friends when that, whenever they need me. If you need me to lie, no, I got no, you. No, you don't. That's a lie. I just need Only a heads up. That's a lie. Only in regards to cheating, because if they call you right now and they told you they, they just robbed a bank and they need you to be an alibi, you ain't going to be their alibi. Uh, if they call you and they say, hey, I just killed somebody. I need to say I was with you last night. You ain't going to say, okay, I got you. You're a liar. I ain't going to tell on them. You ain't going to lie for them either. And I'll be like, do, I don't remember. And guess what happens when you do? Accessory. That's what I said. <laughs> don't answer the phone. Rem- I don't remember. I can't be an accessory if I don't answer. How can we an answer? I was sleeping. Keep it locked. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. It's topic time. Call 800-585-1051 to join into the discussion with the Breakfast Club. Talk about it. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha We are the Breakfast Club. So we're asking 800-585-1051. When's the last time you were jealous of somebody or something? Uh, start with you, Yee. When's the last time you were jealous of somebody? You know, this is something that when I was first getting started in radio, I really understood, and I actually did a whole TED Talk about it. And so, you know, just like uh, Charlemagne just said, it is a lot to do with insecurity. And I remember when I first got my first job in radio, a lot of people were saying things about me. Oh, she must have slept with somebody to get that job. And it was people I thought I was friends with. And I had to realize that a lot of times when people have negative things to say about you, it does stem from jealousy, which stems from insecurity because they're not where they want to be. And they feel like, why is this person getting that opportunity? I'm not. So it is something I've always consciously tried to make sure that if I ever feel like I'm hating in a way or jealous in any way, I check myself right away. And it, it works so well for me for the past few years that I don't even have those thoughts anymore but it definitely is something that you have to be conscious and aware of when you say hateful things about people usually it means you're not happy with things that are going on with yourself and the best way to remedy that is just worry about yourself what about you Charlemagne? well you know jealousy is a form of hatred uh built on insecurity so if i'm being totally honest i'm only jealous 
of men with big penises. I, I can be honest and say that it's one of my triggers simply because back in the day when my Aww. wife was in college and we had broke up for a year, she had an entanglement with a person whose penis she said was huge. It's my fault because when I found out she slept with the guy, I asked her the questions I shouldn't have asked her, which Aww. is, was he better than me and was he bigger than me? And he Aww. wasn't better than me. But when I asked if he was bigger, she said, and I quote, I've never seen anything like that in my life. I almost drove the car off the highway and ended both of our futures. Now, what pisses me off is Aww. because uh, it just really pisses me off because my penis is seven inches, three fourths, eight when it's warm, pretty girthy. I'm Lies. sure in the size department, I'm sure in the size department, my penis has gotten rave reviews. So, how much bigger than seven and three fourth inches was this man's penis? What made the man's penis look like she had on 3D glasses? So, because of this situation, I am traumatized and I may always be traumatized. And the reason I know I'm jealous of men with huge penises is because. And this is the last time I was jealous. This is actually this weekend. Yeah, there's follow, some walls you just uh, won't hit. Yeah, I, fo I, I, I follow <laughs> comedian some more, and she posted a pic of Will Smith and August Alcina. And August had on some Speedos. And in my mind, I immediately started hating on young August. I did. In my mind, I said he had his pants stuffed with toilet tissue or something. He had like a cup on. He had a clear uh, pr prosthetic penis. I convinced myself in my head that it was fake and he was just doing it for the gram. And if you ask me right now, I have no problem repeating those lies because I am a jealous ass, envious hater of men with big penises. And it's something I will probably never get over because I would never waste my therapist's time talking about something like that. Now well, it makes as long sense. As, right? as long as your jaw works, you'll be okay. There you go. Those seven guys be so happy. Wait, ho. Seven inches, three-fourth, eight inches when it's warm, like summertime. Like right now when it's over 90 degrees, I'm eight inches okay. all day. You Pretty girthy. To. That's a nice, yeah. that's a good penis, bro. You don't have to prove anything yeah, to Yeah, but us, that's brother. not, as a woman, that's not somebody you can't leave alone. There's certain guys you just can't leave alone, and that's yeah. not, you know, it's like whatever. It's okay, shorty. You could just leave eight, you could just leave eight inches on the table. Yeah, I mean, gonna make me believe you can just leave that. eight inches on the table. I don't believe you can that. walk away from that. But there's certain oh, ones you're just like, all right. Are they Facebook friends still? No, I'm gonna tell you something. Though. I did say last week. It's so funny we having this conversation. Last oh, week, it was me, my homegirl Dolly, my homegirl Ashley, and my wife. And I did say I was drinking too. I said, I'm gonna get that killed. That's how triggered I am by this. That <laughs> goodness gracious! This, ran this randomly, we I started talking about that because it was you know they were just having all these conversations about August and Will and big penises and this and that. Yeah, let me get him smoke. He'll probably block that bullet with his penis. Well, let's let's go to the phone lines. 800-585-1051. Hello. Whoa, 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 whoa. Your name is DJ Envy. Correct. Okay. What the hell? Are you jealous of, sir? When the last time you've been jealous, DJ Envy? Uh, of somebody not really jealous. I, I don't really get jealous of people. People inspire me. Like Swiss Beats, he's probably one of the biggest people. And I love having conversations with Swiss. But jealous? I remember when Trey Thomas was hollering at Gil, like, who's that? And you were like, whoa, 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 hold up. I wasn't jealous, though. I, I, was, I mean, that's that's funny. That. That's funny, but that's not that's not, that's not jealousy. Uh, I'm Maxwell, not jealous. remember yeah. Maxwell? Your, your wife said sometimes she pictures Maxwell instead of you? She didn't say that, but yeah. I don't get jealous. It's, it's all funny games, so you realize why they call Trey <laughs> Mr. Steal Your Girl. But I think what you said is very important, Envy. <laughs> when that jealousy and that envy rises up in you, like when you see something that somebody else has, you like, damn. You can either react one or two ways. You can be like, yo, I want that. How did that person get that? Or you can say, I know if that person got that, my blessing is on its way. 
Yeah, I, I don't. Unless, I, it's like, a, unless it's a bigger penis. Yeah, you can't just. Yo, that. yo, yo, yo. That. And I think that's the yo! reason I'm not jealous of of, no of Trey or Maxwell. I got a big penis, so Charlamagne, I, I know. But anyway, let's go that's to the phone that. line. Hello, who's this? Hi, my name is uh, Darrell. Hey, Darrell, what's one thing you're jealous of? We found out that Charlemagne uh, is jealous of big penises. So if you have a big penis, he's pretty jealous of you, brother. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Well, anyway, uh, go. I'm jealous <laughs> right now of this guy at my college. He's dating this girl I like, and he's mm. in a frat. It's not a good frat, and the guy's toxic, and... It just, hmm. it infuriates me. Why is he toxic? I'm just curious. So he drinks a lot, he parties, and his frat is just really notorious on campus for, you know, a bunch of stuff. And I just think that she has a lot of potential and she's just wasting it with a guy like him. Bro, you sound like a hater. So, I'm not gonna lie. Definitely sound like but a hater. You are, but you're, but you're, but you're admitting you're jealous. So that's, where the, so that's where the hate comes from. I understand. That man probably ain't doing her. nothing in his frat. He's not doing nothing in his frat that y'all not doing in y'all frat. So stop it. He's probably a straight-A student. Ma- yep. <laughs> oh, I'm not in the frat. He, you, 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 oh, whatever. He's not doing nothing in, in, in that fraternity that y'all not doing on campus. You just mad that he got that girl. That's all. He a little jealous. Well, let's... Oh, I don't drink or smoke or do anything. Oh, so you think you better than him because you don't drink or smoke? Is that what you're using? He's toxic because he drinks and smokes. My goodness. What's the moral of the story, guys? Uh, the moral <laughs> of the story is jealousy is when you count someone else's blessings instead of your own. So when you find yourself jealous of what someone else has, just count your own blessings. That's exactly why I know my penis size. All right, we got more coming up next. We're The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest on the line right now. We have Reverend Barber. Welcome, sir. Glad to be back. Glad to be back early in the morning. Y'all see I got my T-shirt on this morning. I'm in fight mode. No. I see. What is it? Let me see what it says. I'm trying to. I mean, it says poor people's fight campaign. Poverty, fight poverty. poverty. Not the poor. That's right. Well, the battle against the poor, uh, especially the poor black and brown, is always waging. I want to ask you after oh. watching the DNC convention and the RNC convention, what what is your takeaways from both? When I looked at the DNC convention, first of all, I'm, I'm glad to see the diversity of the ticket. Uh, there was some mention of, of, of things like living wages, 15. There's some mention uh, about issues of, uh, of dealing with race. Um, and, and I'm glad to see that there was some, some beginning to come to terms with where we are at this moment. I, you know, one of the things I had wished is that some of the things in the platform were more talked about during the convention. You know, in the platform, they actually talk about ending poverty. There's a whole mm-hmm. piece on ending poverty. And there's a lot, a lot number of other things inside that platform that I think that Democrats need to be bold about and, and, and sharing those. And, and, and in fact, we have to in this moment. One of the most powerful things I saw at the DNC was when they did the roll call of um, the delegates, because what it showed was the, the possibility of this diversity, the possibility of this fusion coalition, if in fact we are bold and brave about several things, ending right, uh, dealing with systemic racism in all of its forms. Uh, dealing with uh, poverty and all of a sudden, that's one of the problems that I did have, and I've been, we've been pushing on this. We have to have Democrats that are willing to say the word poverty and low wealth. You cannot not say the word, if I can use a double negative. 
we are going to have to be clear about universal health care uh, because in the midst be before this pandemic, but certainly after this pandemic. And we're going to have to really drill down and talk about this war economy. You know, a lot of people are me talk about where the money is. Mm-hmm. The money that's needed to uh, redo the uh, country and all of its failures uh, is in the bloated war economy. And, and that economy is so tricky because right now it's about $800 billion a year. I think McConnell wants another so many billion dollars in this act. Um, if we cut it in half, $350, that is, in fact, um, more money still than North Korea, Russia, Iran, Iraq, and China combined. If you just took 10% of that money and put it toward things that worked, uh, infrastructure, health care, education, uh, living wages, you could fundamentally shift this society. Now, when we get to the RNC, whew, where do I start? Uh, you know, this folk have a Lyme disease. My grandma used to call it, they got a Lyme disease. Uh, just lie, you know. And whatever whatever shortcomings I might see, you know, in a Democrat, because we all have a right to criticize. When I saw those folk roll out those two, that white couple, and basically say, People coming to get you all, and y'all gonna be like us. And then the next night, a 17 year old white boy takes a boy, an AK 47 down the street. AR 15. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's 17. Yeah. And and when I listen to Tim Scott from South Carolina basically say this president's positive, not racist, and I watch Tim Scott, and I and I say I, I don't say this lightly, but you know it reminded me that every ventriloquist can find a dummy. And I'm wondering what in the world, what hand is up his back that he would could say that stuff, knowing that the positive president is killing South Carolinians. Before COVID, we had 87 million people either uninsured or uninsured. Just in these past months, we now have 27 million people without insurance. Mm-hmm. And he's had no, he and McConnell have had no interest in making sure people have health uh, care. Before COVID, before COVID, we had large numbers of people who are unemployed and who had left the, the job market. Now we have 30 million additional people who are unemployed. 40% of the jobs, Charlemagne, that are $40,000 and under are gone. And if you start breaking that down by black people, we're not even talking about a great depression. We're talking about a great destruction. Mm. So let me tell you all something. Whatever shortcomings you may think about um, any party right now, this has got to go. We need what's called a psychic break, right? Because this man basically said to us, you think I did something the first four years? Give me four more. Give me unchained power, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he basically said, I'm going to show you how I can ignore you. I can, I'm going to show you how much more your health care I can take. I'm going to show you how much mo- more money I can give to my friend. Mm-hmm. And then the, with that last part of the speech, that was Stephen Miller. When he walked through history, and never mentioned black people, and never mentioned native people, and mm-hmm. never mentioned Latinos, and never mentioned Asian, and never mentioned poor white folks. That litany that he gave of history where he said, we did this and we conquered, and we did this and we conquered. Doc, he was laying out basically the history, the history lesson of white supremacy. That's right. And he did it in front of the world. That's right. Right? With a few black folk applauding it. So we need a psychic break. Because what we're dealing with in Donald Trump 
is something in the academy called necropolitics, the politics of life and death. And that's what we're dealing with. What are your thoughts on Biden and, and Kamala Harris? What, what are your thoughts on, on, on them? Now, I wrote a piece that said now that we have the, the, the face of the ticket is diverse, and I think Reverend Jackson put it like this. I might paraphrase. He said that they, they passed the, 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 the face, the character of the ticket. Now we've got to get to the, to the virtue of, of, excuse me, to the policies of the ticket. And it's real clear. Poor and low wealth people, 37 million of them who are eligible to vote did not vote. Right. We did a study called Unleashing the Power. It says that poor and low wealth people, if you could just get them to vote, anywhere from 1% to 19% higher, about DJ, 1% to 19% higher, you mm-hmm. fundamentally shift the electorate in 16 states. You can change the United States Senate. You can change the presidency. You can change government. Now, if that's true, what I say to the Biden Harris ticket is you cannot have a conversation in this moment facing somebody like Trump and not talk about what your policies are going to look like toward poor and low wealth people. You cannot just say middle class and, and being against the wealthy and just being against Trump because you've got 37 million people out there that did not vote. You're dealing with somebody who only won by 79,000 votes in three states and captured the Electoral College. You have 2.1 million poor and low wealth people in just those three states that didn't vote. That's right. So you've got to at least acknowledge folks. We are in a moment. We have to bring everybody to the table. You've got to be willing to say it. And you cannot say poverty and low wealth in the middle of a pandemic. When are we going to say that? And if they call poor and low wealth people to the table around policies in a way with other folks, it's a route. They can, they can not only win, but they can win in such a big way to say we're not going. Because, again, we've left 100 million people off out of vote. 100 million people didn't vote last time. All right, we got more with Reverend Dr. William Barber. When we come back, don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne mm. the God. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Reverend Dr. William Barber. Charlemagne. You know, it disturbed me last night that Donald Trump made it seem like the police are the ones facing the danger in this country. He didn't mention mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter not once. And I'm sitting there like, what world is he living in when he said police don't have power and we need to give them their power back so they can do their job? I'm like, what? <laughs> what, well, what is that about? He must be more people at that job. On this cop thing, Doc, it's some dangerous rhetoric, man. Dangerous. More power. More power to do what? And, and, but, but again, see, if Democrats can't let him play on that field, we can't even, Democrats can't even just let him argue on that field. You've got to get underneath that language. See, he wants people focused on fear and law and order so they will forget the real fear. They're not having health care. They're not having living wages. They're dying. They're not having sick leave, uh, uh, all of the other racist stuff. He doesn't want America to look at the poverty. He doesn't want us to talk about that. He wants mm-hmm. to shape the conversation. And when you're in a conversation with somebody like that, you cannot fight on their terms. That's why the Biden-Harris ticket has to be so bold and so diametrically different. You have to take him on. When he calls you a socialist, take him on. And say, what do you mean, socialism? So you're saying people having health care just like Congress people have health care is socialism? 
what are you saying? People are having living wages just like current people have living wages. Socialism. Oh, you mean you mean socialism is, is not is, is 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 helping people who need to be lifted up, but you don't think socialism is giving trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars to the greedy, and then they just use that money to buy back their own stocks to uphold the stock market. Uh, 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 in a way that makes it look like we're doing well on the stock market, but we're really not. You have to jam him, if I can use a street term. You you cannot back up from him. This man is not playing, and the people around him are not playing. I saw the Democrats say that when they get in, it, when they it, when they get in, if they get in, the pantry will be bare. And I'm like, man, I don't want to hear that. Why why does the money dry up and the resources dry up when we need it? Right. First of all, people are not going to hear that now when they watch $3 trillion for corporations at the beginning of COVID. <laughs> and, right. a, and a, a trillion and a half of them didn't even go through Congress. The Treasury just said, here. Right? And then you turn around and tell people, we could find trillions of dollars for corporations, but we can't find in a new administration the trillions of dollars we need because we're going to be in a worse situation than we are now. That has mm-hmm. to shut down. We need investment. You invest into the society, and then the resources come back. You pay people a living wage, the resources come back. You give, you give people what they need, the resources come back. Republicans will always do deficit spending to give tax cuts to the greedy. So we don't need to get caught up in there's no money. They found trillions of dollars for the greedy in the midst of COVID. We still have not provided people the health care they need mm-hmm. before or after. So what the ticket needs to be saying is no. The covers are not bad. We're going to get the thief out of the cover. That's what it needs to be about. So what is the money actually yeah. worth then? Because they printing money, but they just printing money to be printing money to be printing money. There's a balance to it. But what right. I'm saying is before we even get to that balance, we got to get the, the thief out of the cover, right? And the reality is we put together a budget in the Poor People's Campaign that actually shows if you invest in education, you mm-hmm. invest in teachers, you invest in in loan uh, in uh, 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 building up uh, black communities and poor and low wealth communities. If you right. invest in living wages, if you invest in health care, it's actually beneficial. For instance, right now, if we said we're gonna pay everybody fifteen dollars an hour in the midst of a pandemic, we're gonna do right. like Franklin Delano Roosevelt and say we're gonna invest in a basic living wage. Right now, that would put. $368 billion back into the economy. So it's not the same way of deficit that you never get back. And the problem is, you're exactly right. When you print money and give it to the wealthy, it doesn't mean anything because they keep it. When you print and invest in communities, it deals the whole country. And the problem has been Republicans, it's not just Trump, have had no problem doing deficit around war and the war economy and, 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 and their own pockets. They always raise the tax issue. In fact, let me step back in history a minute. Mm-hmm. The whole issue of cutting taxes began after the Civil War when the country was re- we were being forced to deal with reparations toward black people and 40 acres and a mule. And the former slaveholders and all said, we got to cut taxes to undermine the ability of the country to keep its promise. If we start knowing this, like this history, Lee Atwater in the 1970s and 80s said, we can't say the N-word anymore to get elected down south. So we're going to change the language. He said, we're going to use language that sounds economic. 
So we start talking about tax cuts. But what mm-hmm. he was really doing is coming up with a language that was just allowing them to talk racist without sounding racist. And the fact of the matter is the Poor People's Campaign budget actually produces money. That is the right thing to do anyway. You heard Trump say, said, a, a rising tide lifts all boats. Lifts all boats. Oh, that was Ben mm-hmm. Carson. And I, I, I hate that rhetoric. I've always hated that rhetoric. And I was like, that's that's the talking point. I can't stand here. Yeah. And, and of course, now, you know, <laughs> I have a curious relationship with Ben Carson. You know, he operated on my daughter and did a mm-hmm. tremendous job when she was in a very sick situation. And she's alive mm-hmm. today. Wow. Wow. I didn't know that. But she has openly challenged him. She had, she was in a newspaper article one time and said, I need to ask Mr. Carson, does he want his patients to die? Because I got a pre-existing condition that he knows about it. He's supporting a person that wants to stop pre-existing coverage. <laughs> and, wow. he, you know, and, and, and I don't know what has happened to him, particularly somebody who came from welfare and came from other things, uh, that he needed a hand up. And now all of a sudden he wants to cut the hand off. But remember Jesse Jackson in 1984 said, Rising tides do not lift all boats when some boats are stuck in the mud at the bottom. Or, or, or even worse, black people got holes in their boats, and some of us ain't got yeah, no big, boats at all. Yeah, big big holes. And, and holes has been there for a long, long time. And so you, so my, to my brothers, uh, you're exactly right that if you're printing the money just for the wealthy, it means nothing. Correct. And eventually what's going to happen is the whole thing is going to fall apart because you've not invested in the foundation. The foundation of this culture are poor and lower people, and black people, 61% of us are poor and low wealth. That's why I keep saying poor and low wealth, because 61% of our people are poor and low wealth before COVID. And that's why it's so critical we build coalitions with other poor and low wealth people. But we always come at it, too, with this race critique. If you do not invest that re- those resources in things that lift the community, the whole bottom falls apart. All right, we got more with Reverend Dr. William Barber. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne mm. the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Reverend Dr. William Barber. Charlemagne. I think it's I think it's very important to know. I know you got to get up out of here. I think it's very important to note that you know things were bad before COVID, but America also has to say to itself things were bad before Trump. Like exactly. I, I don't. I, 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 I yeah. I don't. I don't. I you know we talk about even police brutality. I'm like we can't act like Eric Garner, Sandra Bland, Michael Brown, Freddie Gray, Walter Scott, countless others. That was under Obama. Police brutality is a historically American problem. Poverty in the black community is a historically American problem. That ain't Trump. That's what I mean by this is not a moment even to just run as a Democrat. It's to run as transformative candidates if you're going to and say it's time to face these issues. Because what you have is somebody saying clearly he's not going to face them at all. He's going to be worse. But you can't just be against Trump. You have to be about what kind of of America that you remember what what, um, like Hughes said, America has never been America to me, but I swear this oath that America shall be, right? And the reality wow. is, as you said, that the reality is we had the police brutality, we had the poverty. When we started the Poor People's Campaign, what we found out is for 40 years, poverty has been written out of the public discussion. Now, I'm going to say this on your show, and I want people to hear me what I'm saying. When we see somebody shot on camera, and we talk about the police, and you just went down the name, I know myself, I've been involved in and, and uh, cases where a lot of black men, they didn't get shot by the police, but they got put on death row, and we ended up finding out they weren't even guilty. And my, I've been part of about three or four black men being released from death row who would have been dead if the system had just worked quicker. So my point is there's a lot of death, and police violence is ugly, horrendous, 
mean, demonic. I can go all down the line to what it is. Taking the power of the state in my name and killing somebody innocent. And I, I believe until we have a federal law that actually says you can be prosecuted for murder at the federal level that will prosecute you for murder, not just civil rights violations, but murder. When you, right. use the, when you use the power of the state, you should be, they should know you're not going to get away. If the, if the state attorney general doesn't do it, the local prosecutor doesn't do it, you can get prosecuted federally for murder. And there's a way to do that. We could figure that out. But while we've been talking here today, mm-hmm. 700 people are going to die from poverty and low wealth. And if 61% of black people are poor and low wealth, that means a whole lot of brothers and sisters are going to die today from necropolitics, from policy murder that we'll never see on camera. The point I'm trying to lay out is we, as black people in this country, or low wealth people in this country, are going to have to force the facing of the necropolitics of America. Police violence is a ugly, horrendous part of it, but there's so much also that goes underneath. And that's why I'm arguing that if in this season of death around the police violence, we can't even let any of the politicians think that if you deal with police violence, even then that you've dealt with the fullness of racism in this country, yet you've dealt with the full deadliness of racism in this country. That's right. I mean, I've been, I, let me tell you something. Voter suppression as a death measurement, I said this on a group, so, I mean, they said, voter suppression keeps people in the polls. It doesn't kill people. I said, no, it kills people. I said, what are you talking about? Voter suppression, how does that kill people? I said, because this is how. When you suppress the vote, you allow people to get elected through racist voter suppression. Once they get elected, they get the power to block your health care. Denial of health care kills you. They suppress the vote. You let people get elected. Once they get elected, they block living wages. They keep people in poverty. Poverty kills. That's empirical, brother. That's data-driven. Reverend Bob, it's always a pleasure talking to you, man. I know you got something coming up. What you got coming up? Well, on September the 14th, we have Voting is Power Unleashed, the Mass Moral Monday, and we're putting together this powerful plan to make sure people know their rights, know how to protect their vote, know how to engage. But before we get there, this coming Monday, I want to invite all your listeners. Every Monday, we're doing something called Moral Monday March on McConnell. We, we, what we can't be in his office, so we decided to do a New Jack City twist on sit-in and do a call-in, mm-hmm. dial-in. Every Monday, we shut down all of his phones all across the country. We bring people on from Kentucky to share how bad he is. We're driving that home and saying to people, you need to understand what's going on with McCullough. And then September the 14th, power is, uh, vote, uh, voting is power unleashed. Tomorrow Monday, voter protection, voter participation. And that's with a prayer, Rev. Please. All right. When I think about prayer in this moment, I want to think about what Jesus said when he said in Luke 4, 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Preach good news to the poor, recovery of sight to the blind, healing to the brokenhearted, to set free the captive, and to declare the acceptable year of the Lord. Gracious God, there are spirits with a small S out here that are trying to hurt mm-hmm. Keep the captive captive. Keep the blind blind. And and shut up the doors to everybody but those who look like them and feel like them. We need your spirit. We need the power that you give us with your divine authority. The spirit to stand. The spirit to fight. The spirit to speak and live out justice. Fill us, O oh God, with your spirit. So 
God with the spirit of the ancestors that caused them never to give up, even in the face of slavery. Fill us with the spirit of those that looked at Jim Crow and knew Jim Crow was dead even while Jim Crow was yet alive because they were going to be the ones to bring about his funeral. Fill us with the spirit of those who could love and at the same time hate injustice, hate brutality, and hate oppression. Fill us with the spirit that gives us hope every morning and fight every day and courage every minute of our lives. Lord, fill us with the spirit that causes us to have the kind of foolishness that believes that what others say can't be done will be done and change. Give us the kind of spirit that gives us the necessary righteous anger and injustice so that we never settle for superficial answers. Give us the spirit that allows us to cry when we feel others' pain, but not just to have empathy about that pain, but to be emphatic in our joining with them to fight to change the reality that caused their tears that they might shout the victory over. Give us your spirit. Give us your spirit. To resist the spirit of racism and injustice, give us your spirit. And with your spirit, with your power, we will run through troops. We will jump over walls. We will never turn back. And we will always go forward together. In the name of all that is holy, amen. 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 And a woman, too. That's right. Well, thank you, Brother Barber. Reverend all right, Rev. Thank Dr. you, William man. Barber, we appreciate you. Right. Breakfast Club, good morning. For donkey of the day. Donkey of the day, I'm a Democrat, so being donkey of the day is a little bit of a mixed one. So like a donkey. Yeehaw, okay. Donkey of the day. <laughs> the Breakfast Club, bitches. Now I've been called a lot in my 23 years, but donkey of the day is a new one. Donkey of the day goes to Robert Unanu. Uh, Robert is the CEO of Goya Foods. Yes, the CEO of all your beans, rice, seasonings, cooking oils, that Goya. Now, my name is Charlemagne the God, uh, Leonard McKelvey. I am a host of, you know, this show, The Breakfast Club. Uh, I'm saying this for all of our new listeners, especially those of you in Toronto listening to us on Flow 93.5. The Breakfast Club consists of myself, DJ Envy, and Angela Yee. But there are other players in the studio, like our board op, DJ Dramos. Uh, he is of Latino descent. What are you exactly, Dramos? I am Puerto Rican. Puerto Rico! Ho! <laughs> hey, yes, Dramos is heartbroken this morning that I am giving Robert Unanu donkey of the day. He begged me this morning not to do it. Okay, he doesn't want me to bring any attention to this situation. I tried to explain to him that donkey of the day does not discriminate, but he was almost in tears asking me not to do those, do this. Uh, Dramos, I, I think I know why this is hitting so close to home for you, but I don't want to speculate uh, why don't you want me to broadcast this story, Dramos? Uh, first of all, I never said don't broadcast the story, but yes, I am I am heartbroken. Okay. Well, listen, if you're wondering why Boycott Goya and, and Goya Foods are trending in the United States, it's not because people like Dramos love the red kidney beans and the black beans that much. It's because Robert Unanu said the USA is blessed to have the celebrity-in-chief, Mr. Dope 45, Donald J. Trump, as a leader. You can't make this kind of stuff up. Let's listen. We're all truly blessed at the same time to have a leader like President Trump, who is a builder. And that's what my grandfather did. He came to this country to build, to grow, to prosper. Dramos, how does that make you feel to hear Robert Unanu, the CEO of Goya, say that uh, America is blessed to have Trump as a leader? I mean, it's disgusting, obviously. And then it also just makes me think about how I'm going to season my food from now on, you know? It's, it's, a, terrible, wow. it's a terrible day. Wow. 
Now, priorities. Dramos has his priorities together. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to be honest. I don't care about his political opinion. Uh, Dramos, how do you say I don't give a damn in Spanish? Me importa un bledo. Yes. I don't give a whatever the hell Dramos just said, <laughs> what Robert thinks about Donald Trump. But when you are the CEO of the nation's largest Hispanic-owned food brand, why in the hell would you build a wall around your most loyal consumers by saying that America is blessed to have Donald Trump as a leader? Talk about not reading the room. Let's go down the line of some of Trump's greatest Hispanic hits, okay? He called Latino immigrants criminals, killers, and rapists. He said the Mexican government intentionally sends their criminals to the U.S. He kicked the Latino reporter Jorge Ramos out of a press conference, actually told him to go back to Univision. Now, let me tell you something. To be fair, despite his harmful rhetoric, Trump's policies have attracted a certain subset of those in the Latino community. In fact, they're saying he may get up to 25 to 30% of the, of the Latino vote in this year's presidential elections. Not far-fetched, because in 2016, he got 28% of the Latino vote. Why would any self-respecting Latino vote to re-elect Donald Trump? I have no idea. Dramos, did you vote for Trump? Of course not. I'm just making sure, okay? I, I, I don't know how he got elected in the first place. Uh, all I know is DJ Dramos has a cabinet full of mango, nectar, and coconut water that he has to throw out today. All because even though it's thousands of immigrant, immigrant children locked up in cages at the border, Donald Trump still rocks Latinos to sleep by doing things like he did yesterday, and that's signing an executive order that created a new advisory commission tasked with improving Hispanic Americans' access to economic and educational opportunities. Some people are able to overlook the bigotry for legislation like that. They say the Hispanic economy is doing well. Hispanics got jobs. That's what they care about. They are not monolithic. So some of them just simply don't care. But once again, I personally, personally don't care about who they choose to vote for. I don't care about Robert Unanu saying America is blessed to have Trump. I care about a CEO of a company not giving a damn about his bottom line. Why are you willing to risk the pesos in this way? I remember a time when you didn't know who CEOs of these companies were politically affiliated with because smart businessmen don't want to offend anyone because they know whether you rep the red or the blue, you have that green. Why offend any side when you can get money from both of them? Smart CEOs sell guns to both sides and keep their political affiliations to themselves. We are in an era right now where it's so easy to divide people. It's so easy for people to pick sides. Why, after all these years of making billions, would you bring all this bad press on yourself, Goya, okay, CEO of Goya, Robert, Unande, Unandu, by sitting next to a man who simply isn't good for business? Now, I know you're probably banking on the Latinos that support Trump to still support you, but what about the Latinos like Dramos? who have to throw out their Goya black bean burgers. Those are pretty new. Dramos hasn't even tried them yet. He had a hot date tonight. He was going to put some Goya black bean burgers on the grill. Mm -hmm. Now he has to throw them out because of you and your poor decision-making skills. Where are the Latinos that support you going to get their adobe? What's it called, Dram? Adobo. Adobo. Where are you going to get your adobo from now, Dram? I mean, listen, I'm not going to lie to you. The last like few hours I've been Googling other adobo products. Uh, so, okay. So I think it would be okay. I'm a little calmer now than I was this morning when I woke up. Okay. The moral of the story is, Robert, you have a PR nightmare right now that you caused for no reason. Uh, you can handle your business by not spreading your business. And even though it's good for us, the consumers, to know where not to spend our money, I can't stop thinking about how stupid he is to mess up the pesos 
What's some other words for spa- uh, money in Spanish, John? Dinero. Dinero. How you mess up the, the dinero? It's all about the dinero. How you mess that up by simply not being smart enough to keep your political affiliations to yourself? Tramos, how do you say stupid in Spanish? Stupido. It's stupido. Please let Robert Unanu get the sweet sounds of the Hamiltons. Oh, now you are the donkey mm. of the day. Ooh, you are the donkey of the day. This is disgusting. All right. Okay. All right, we got more coming up next. We're The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. Need relationship advice? Need personal advice? Just need real advice. Call up now for Ask Yee. Keep the bread. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. It's time for Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? Hi, this is Mike Honcho. Hey, what's up, bro? What's your question for Yee? I'm having a hard time uh, breaking it to my new partner um, that I had to do gay porn once upon a time in my life. Ah! I'm not, and I'm not, not happy no. about that chapter. But um, I just wanted to know, Angela Yee, how do I break this to my new partner? Mm-hmm. I'm just curious. What, what was the name of the porn? Yeah, Go sure. ahead, Envy. Uh, Envy about to Google. <laughs> Envy about to Google. I'm just joking. I just wanted to know the names. Is you know, bang me twice. I don't know. I just wanted to know the names of it. Wow, uh, that's very unoriginal. More, more bang a, me twice. Pri- it was called Private Society, and it's their bizarre gay porn edition. Um, you should have so had an orgy bizarre? called like, the Two and a Half of, Men. Well, what kind of stuff were you doing? <laughs> oh, I, I did have to spread my butt cheeks. That's my honcho. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how it sounded. Um, <laughs> and uh, and just. That Owen Honcho was huge. Let me ask you this: Why did you Capital have to do o. gay? Why did you have to do gay porn though? I'm just curious. Is it just pay more? It, yeah, you got it. You're right on the head. It pays a little bit extra. So hit it right on the head would be a good name for a porn, by the way. <laughs> so, are you are you gay? Well, no. It was just a very hard time in my life. So it, it's, I was on cocaine, a whole bunch of pills, and a whole bunch of quaaludes, and uh, okay. You know, yeah, so now down spiral my life, but uh, it was not a rejoiceful moment. Right now it's great. I got a new work girl, and, you know, I don't have to spread my butt cheeks like Mike Honcho anymore. <laughs> well, listen, I feel like you're going to have to have that conversation just like you had it with us. Because one thing you do have to do is be honest, right? And then that person has a right to say, okay, I'm not sure this is you're the person that I want to be with. Or maybe they'll say, you know what? We've all gone through things in our past that we're not proud of that have brought us to the point where we are today. And I can accept you for who you are. But I think it is important for you to let her know. How long have y'all been together? Yeah, I was thinking, but I, but then what if I lose her? Because then, then that that might resort me again, spread my butt cheeks as my honcho. No. So I don't you know what, though? You could either lose her now or lose her later, right? She's well, probably going to break up with you because it's porno boring. If, if all you're doing is spreading your butt cheeks, that's a that's a boring porno, bro. That's all you could do? Well, I mean, you would want to look him up, buddy. I can email you. No, nah, I'm cool. In case he falls on some hard times as well. That's true, Charlemagne. That could be a good name for a porno, too. Falling on hard times about a man who had to suck to get his way to the top. Aren't your kids around you, bro? Okay, no, honcho. In the basement. 
<laughs> but yes, definitely please let your girlfriend know. I don't know if you watch Love is Blind, but uh, Carlton, who was sexually fluid, he waited until they were engaged to let his fiance know that he has been with men before. And that is definitely something that you have to be honest about. Was he able to keep his girl? No, it did not work out. Oh, no, Angela Yee. I'm going to keep this to myself. I just, you, got a you, know, very at some point, you know, at some point she will find out, though. Whatever comes to the dark does come to the light. That's what they say. But on this one, I think I'm going to admit the truth. That's another good point. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because it's a gay porn. Like, you're on, like, video. People can eventually see you. They will stumble across you. People around you might hold over your head when they see her and be like, you know, I'm going to tell her, have you told her yet? Have you told her yet? That's something that you'll always be thinking about. What if she finds out? You know, it's just something that could be very stressful. I wore wore a a satin mask, but uh, Mm -hmm. maybe they see my tattoos. Now that's the only thing I'm worried about. But uh, Tattoos might give it away, bro. How much did you make? Uh, $69. Well, no, I'm actually sure I made about $2,500, buddy. And um and okay. I've done five scenes, so just throwing it out there. So okay, five scenes, twenty five hundred dollars. K points right. the way to go. <laughs> How much did they have to lube you up, bro? Wow, Envy. Uh, Envy sounds no, like he's he... considering buying another property, and he needs an investment. <laughs> well, I got an email for you guys. If you guys, no, nah, I'm good. Thank you so much for checking in, bro. Good luck, man. And I would. Envy's like, hold on too, the line, though. <laughs> nah, I'm I'm good. Bro. I wonder if I wonder if Bang Bros does gay porn. Because they their name is like so gay porn friendly, bang bros. You know what I'm saying for the bros that like to bang each other. Well, I might highly recommend the movie Guys Who Like to Suck. If anybody's what? home bored, nah, that's too forward. So, Where are we going this morning? All right, see the coronavirus got everybody just bugging. Calm down. You, you know, we can't say these words on air, guys. I don't know if you know. Okay, Ooh, I'm not on air. I'm at the house. Oh my goodness. Ask Yee, 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice, call Yee about anything. As you see, the answer. <laughs> really, anything. <laughs> we anything. mean that. All right, we got more coming up next. We're The Breakfast Club. Here's some real advice with Angela Yee. It's Ask Yee. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. Uh, we're in the middle of Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? Hi, Misty. Misty. Yes. Hey, what's your question for you? Okay, so my question was, like, what am I supposed to do if, like, my boyfriend keeps sneaking to watch porn? I don't have a problem with him watching it. It's just getting weird that he's sneaking to watch it. Mm-hmm. Because he doesn't know whether or not you have a problem with it. Did you tell him, like, I know you're watching porn. It's fine. I mean, we've had the discussion about it, like, I asked him, like, if we have a problem with sex or something, but he's like, no, we don't have a problem with sex or anything, and it's like, I'm being open-minded about stuff, but I don't know. He keeps asking for, like, threesomes and stuff like that or whatever, too. Well, yeah. uh, and you you don't want to do a threesome, or you do? Or are you open to it? I'm okay with it, I guess. I've never done it, so... <laughs> Well, obviously, that's not going to happen anytime soon because we are all quarantined and, (laughs) you know, so that's a whole nother story. But first of all, maybe part of the fun for him watching porn is him sneaking to do it. That's weird. Is that not strange? Or, like, is that normal? How'd you catch him? I'm just curious. How'd you catch him? Okay, we were supposed to have sex or whatever, but then I fell asleep. But then when I woke up, I'm like, okay, maybe I should go back to sleep because you almost finished. So... (laughs) <laughs> oh, when you when you woke up and you seen him on the computer. He was sitting there watching porn. He was on his phone and it was on mute. That's the weirdest thing to me. Like, why he he was right beside. He didn't want to wake you up. 
I'm okay with him waking me up, though. Mm-hmm. Well, he didn't know that. Did you tell him, next time, wake me up? I'm, you know, I'm fine. That I don't know. I just kind of, like, got up and went to the bathroom because I'm like, this is weird. This is the second time I caught him doing this, and I don't get You know it, what? So it sounds like y'all just need to have a conversation because you're not saying anything to him. And then he's not saying anything to you about it. And then now you do think it's weird, so he probably can sense that you think it's weird. So it's kind of like a lack of communication is what's causing you guys to not come together on this when you could just simply wake up and be like, oh, you watching porn? What you watching? Let me see. Okay, I guess. And you know what can be fun sometimes if you don't mind doing this is watching porn together. I mean, like, I'm not as experienced as he is sexually. And, like, recently he got me, like, this toy thing. And I'm just, like, I'm not okay with the electronics down there because, like, robot or whatever. So it's, like, I don't know. Well, maybe he is nervous to bring things up to you because he doesn't want you to think that he's weird. Okay. I don't know. I'll try to have that conversation, I guess. Just I don't know. <laughs> and I see that it feels like you want to be more open-minded about things and that, but you're... Right now, you're not in that place. Like, you're uncertain about a lot of things. Like you said, you're not as experienced as he is. So you take it slow. And I always tell people, don't do anything that you're not comfortable with. So if you truly are not comfortable with something, don't do it and let him know that you're not comfortable. And if there are things that you want to try, don't be ashamed to try them. So those are the two things that I would say when it comes to experimenting in the bedroom. Okay, because, like, I really like them. I've tried to have a part of this conversation before, and then it went into this whole spiral conversation about, like, insecurities and all this extra junk, and I'm just like, what the f*** is going on? Yeah, you never do something just to please the other person if you're not comfortable Mm -hmm. with it because that does cause resentment sometimes and then that does tend to spiral out of control. But if in your mind you're like, hmm, I would like to try this, then you should try it. It's just... And remember, it's completely up to you. It's fine for you to not want to do a threesome. It's fine for you to not want to use that toy if you don't feel like it. But it's also fine for you to say, okay, I'm down to experiment. Don't worry about other people's judgments of you. It's your body, your choice to do whatever you want. And even with those things, like whenever I gave him the stuff I wanted to try, he just kept calling me like a freak or whatever. And then I'm like, okay, maybe I shouldn't tell him the stuff that I'm into if he thinks it's too outrageous. But then well, what are you into? Like, what are you? So what are you into? Yeah, Emmy wants to know. What are you into? Just curious. Oh gosh. Okay. So I kind of like the whole dumb submissive thing. Like if we can switch roles and stuff. And okay. he's not okay with a lot of. And I guess I grew up on the pill side of life. But mm-hmm. I was kind of trying to see if he would be okay with, like, you know, pegging, probably. Oh, yeah, you go Okay, now, far. pegging is, yeah, pegging might be a little no, serious. That's true. not light. No, you want to put him on a leash, no, too? we had that conversation. I mean, he put me on a leash before. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'd much rather be on a leash than get a peg in my ass. <laughs> okay. Of course. I'll, I'll, get, now, I'll take the leash. I'll, I'll take the leash for 500 Alex. Okay. <laughs> What I would recommend, Missy, though, is before you go straight to the pegging, have you ever put a finger in there? Yes, that's the thing. Got it by him. Mm-hmm. Okay. So so, oh he, so maybe finger. that's something you guys will graduate to eventually? Yeah, but that's my thing, though. Like, if he brings up the butt play but then gets weird when we're <laughs> talking about it, I'm just like, hmm. What's going on? You know here, what? You know, I'm a, and Missy, I'm gonna be honest with you. A lot of times, guys like to do things, but they don't like to discuss the things they like to do because they feel like it's weird. So you have to kind of oh just do it without don't discussing. Just, it. Don't rape that man, but <laughs> I can't. 
Don't no, just do not it. that, but like you can feel it out and start doing something and he might like it, but he doesn't want to discuss that he liked it. So obviously if he doesn't want to do it, he'll let you know he doesn't want to do it. But if you just approach it and bring it and be like, hey, let's go in the heat of the moment and he's with it, then there you go. But sometimes having that discussion makes people feel a little weird. Okay, I'm going to have the whole, um, like, off conversation. I don't want to have it, like, first time at breakfast or whatever, but I'm trying mm-hmm. to see how I can bring it up during the day or whatever because I'm just like, yo, I'm okay with you waking me up for sex. You've done it before. Like, well, he didn't wake right. me up for sex, but, like, a BJ or whatever. So it's just like, you know. Okay. I feel like Man, you guys will be yeah. fine. This is a great time to have these discussions while y'all are in the house together. He ain't got nowhere else yeah. to go. We got to get this quarantine over because y'all bored as hell. Tell, tell, him, tell him he's shook and ain't no such thing as half-ass crooks. And by that, tell him stop letting letting you put half your finger in his ass and tell him you want all or nothing. All right? Tell him grow up. <laughs> Definitely. Thank you, guys. All right, Misty. Good luck. It's funny don't what y'all like to weigh butt, in though. on. If you do stuff like that, you can't even. You, please don't give the young man no nicknames either, though. You be hitting him and you talk about you're, you're Peg the Stallion. You can't call a grown man Peg the Stallion. What? All right, ask ye. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha We are The Breakfast Club. We're in the middle of Ask C&E. If you need relationship advice or any type of advice, you can hit us now. Hello, who's this? Hi, this is T. Hey, T. What's your question for C&E? Hey, T. How are you? Hey, I'm okay. Um, y'all, uh, good to talk to y'all. Y'all remain blessed. Um, thank you for taking my question. Um, but I've been in a relationship for almost two years. Um, it's a long-distance relationship. Mm-hmm. And this is, like, my person. I haven't really been in any real relationship before. was really, you know, taking my time to go to school, you know, make mm-hmm. sure I'm bettering myself for myself. Um, but I found someone. It was literally fireworks when we first met. Um, mm-hmm. We immediately jumped into a relationship. Everything was good for the most part until a couple of months ago um, when I hopped on his Instagram. He had an Instagram Live going on, and I'm like, who is he Instagram living with? And um, he's kind of like a local celebrity, um, so I didn't really think much of it. But he, I think he was probably having an inappropriate conversation with her because he did realize that I jumped on and his demeanor changed, his questions, everything was changing um, with this conversation he was having with this girl. Um, mm-hmm. A couple of weeks well, not a couple of days after that happened, I was able to reach him, and it was just, you know, still on my mind. So I just, you know, asked him. I told him, I'm not stupid, um, and I know long distance, you're probably doing things that I don't know about. Um, he came clean, and he said that he had cheated on me um, in December when we were kind of going through a rough patch. We weren't, you know, broken up or anything, but just going through a rough patch. What are you asking us this morning? First I of all, I need to know what state you're in, what state he's in. I'm I'm in Atlanta. He's overseas. Okay. Okay. And and he's been and, going for two um, years. Yeah, we've been going for two years. Both of us traveling back and forth, so we've been making it work. Um, and so anyway, I guess my question is, is that I'm just in a hard spot because you know I'm Type A personality. I fend for myself. I do for myself, and that is a non-negotiable for me. Um, but he has been remorseful, and I think he does you know, regret it, but I just am not comfortable jumping back into that relationship. And I'm just asking you guys, just as men um, who, you know, have, you know, messed up every once in a while or, you know, in your past. Is we have. Something up, 
behavior? Is this a type of behavior that you think could potentially change? Do you think I should give him a second chance? I just wanted to get your thoughts. And how long have you been dating this guy? Are you talking to... <laughs> For about two years. Okay. Now, now you know who you're talking to. You're talking to uh, two individuals that <laughs> yeah. have uh, cheated and our cheaters. wives have taken just us call back. It what and it is. We have, you know, we reformed and we don't play that game anymore. Right. At all. You know, I haven't now, cheated it's, it's in four a, years. I haven't cheated it, since October of 2016. I am totally <laughs> clean. Mine is so long ago, I don't even remember that 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 date. But I would tell you this, Ma. You know, it's it's all in the person. You, you, the person has to grow. I mean, hopefully he's at a spot in a position where he says, you know what, he realizes, you know, your worth and your value and say, hey, I don't want to lose this. Like, this is somebody that's important to me. This is the best thing that's ever happened in my life. And is it worth ruining that for, for something that's out in the street that is not the same? No, it's not. And hopefully he understands that and hopefully... He has changed, you know, but right. for you, I would say, take it step by step. Just don't let him all the way, all the way back in. You got to make sure that he has really changed and not just giving you that game and that G. Okay. okay. And, I, and I'm I, not making, I'm not making no, yeah. And I'm not making no excuses for that man cheating, but context matters. Two years overseas. You know what I'm saying? Two years overseas, he's not seeing you. He's a man. He got needs. Just like you're a woman, you got needs. Have you been completely clean for two years? I have. I have. Well, that's and why I've women are better than men. I know. <laughs> but, I, that's, but, that's the thing that bothers me. But I why, know, I mean, he's a, he's a good guy, but that just bothers me because I think it was, it wasn't like he's having a relationship with someone. It's literally because I'm not there. And right. I'm like, that's, but that's, that's no excuse. That's not an excuse. Because women, women hold their men down all the times when they get locked up for years exactly. and they hold them down. That's not an excuse. He still has Wait. to step up to the plate yes, and do what's right. But now, NB, we're, we're missing something here. We know black women are gods, Correct. okay? And God is perfect. Us mere mortal men are not. And you know what else God does? He forgives, okay? <laughs> and we repent to him, all right? We get down on mm -hmm. our knees and we say, please, God, forgive us. So being that the black woman is God, yes, you should forgive us. And it says that God looks out for babies and fools, I'm your fool, baby. And I'm your baby fool. <laughs> he used this I'm before I could tell. I'm your baby fool. And that's all I'm saying. I'm your baby fool. But, but let me ask you, has he been completely honest and did he tell you everything? He is always honest with me, except for this. Like, he did tell me, but he didn't give me details. He just thinks it's one of those things where we need, need to sit down and have a conversation about instead of doing it over the phone or what have you. Well, I think you need to have that conversation because y'all are so far away. You need to have that conversation to ease your mind a little bit. Don't wait until you come see him, which could be a year from now. No, you need to have that conversation now, and then you make your decision right. accordingly. And, con okay, and listen, I once again, I'm not, I'm not making excuses for him. I'm just saying context matters. He's overseas for two years, you know, and I, and I honestly think that if it was the, the shoe was on the other foot, he probably would forgive you too if he's really using common sense in context. And that's the part that bothers me, Charlemagne, is that I think if I did – the same thing he did to me, he would forgive me. Okay. And that, yeah. that bothers me because I because I know that, that doesn't mean that's what I need to do because I've right. forgiven you for what you did as a Christian woman, but I'm still like, that doesn't mean I have to get back with you because I, I need you to show me something and I haven't that's seen true. that yet. All right. Well, good luck and keep us keep us posted. We would love to, we'd love to hear the outcome. I will. I appreciate you, brothers. Thank you. All right. As C and E, 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice, you can hit me and Charlemagne anytime. I right? keep it locked. This is the Breakfast Club. Good morning.
Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. I'm looking for an attorney out there. I work with a co-host that is talking about my fake boobs, my fake butt, and now my fake beard. And I'm looking for an attorney. He's looking for an attorney because he was in a store after a long bike ride to Beijing and his beard hit the floor. He slipped on his own Beijing. Now he's trying to sue the store, but he really doesn't have a case. Okay. Envy. And that's what tag the doctor, Envy. That's all we want you to do. <laughs> People need help. And yeah, why don't you tag the graffiti artist, bro? Why don't you tell us the painter who put that on your chin and around your neck area? Why don't you shout him out? Why he don't get no love or why she don't get no love? I'm realizing that you don't like me. You know, I had hair, and then you about? said it was fake. You sound, like, you sound like Donald Trump. I did my squats, and you was like, I got a fake butt. Now, no, now I just figured it out. Bit. I'm a Marvel guy. I love comic books. What if Envy's not using Beijing, but he got a little piece of venom? And so the venom started in his hair, and now it's moved on down to his face around his chin area. That's why it's so line. black. What if that's the case, bro? It's not black. Wow. It's not black. It's dark brown. 45 dark brown. is dark brown. But hello, who's this? 45, so you're admitting it's so fake? Okay. okay. Are you admitting it's fake finally? 45. I'm, I'm not admitting anything. I'm not, I'm not confirming or denying. <laughs> you don't have to. We got eyes. Hello, Hello? Who's, this? who's on the phone? What's popping? Hey, we're no longer having this conversation on my bed, but I'd like to talk to you. How are you doing today, what sir? What does bed look like? What is it? Is bed real? <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. It's clean, <laughs> but it's jeans, though. <laughs> what that mean? <laughs> I don't know. It's clean. It's what? He's gaming us. What oh, I mean? He's gaming us? Oh, it's Beijing. That's right. Yeah, you can't spell Beijing, Beijing without the beige. Goodbye, yeah, sir. Yeah. You have a great morning. Hello, who's this? Sean. Sean, good morning, Sean. What's good? You sound like an intellectual brother. We're no longer having this conversation on DJ. We are definitely beard. having a conversation. Do you think Envy's bid is real or fake, sir? Man, that's really fake, man. <laughs> Look, he woke up fresh out of bed. I was like, I'm just the first thing I'm doing this morning is calling the Breakfast Club to tell Envy his bid is phony. It's fake. It's the type <laughs> of bid that I hate. Thank, thank, thank you, Sean. Yeah, you, you have a great morning. Hello, hello. Who's this? This is Marquis, Jersey. Marquis, good morning, Marquis. You know what? It's a damn shame, Marquis. That that all these other these men are calling up here talking about how another man looks. Like I'm not taken. Like I'm not married. That this is so disrespectful this has, this to my wife. Nothing, and I know you won't. And I know you won't do look. the same thing, Marquis. Hey, Envy, look, I'm calling because you're my man. Like, I got a ticket to the seminar, to the webinar on Sunday and all that. <laughs> like, you you my guy, but, but bruh, you got that pay ain't. You know that's that, that pay ain't. <laughs> that's that pay ain't. <laughs> Yes, yes, I'm doing a real estate <laughs> webinar this Sunday where we're talking everything generational wealth. And I'm going to, I'm well, what is, what is your name, Marquise? We, you know, I am so sorry we're going to have to charge you triple, Marquise. <laughs> Keep talking, Marquise, quadruple. That, Marquise, that pay ain't cost, bro. That's why he got to charge you triple. That pay ain't, ain't cheap. All right. I ain't mad at it. If it's going to keep y'all on the air, I ain't mad at it. I'll pay it because you definitely got that pay. You keep messing with that, that hair. You know, five time, that five hair times the price now, Marquise. You <laughs> said if you can keep messing with that hair, you're going to have them bayangs. Not the bayangs and the payangs. <laughs> Goodbye, Marquise. See you on Sunday. Listen, when y'all see Envy oh, in the streets, God. that's what y'all got to roll up on them and say, not the payangs. <laughs> not the payangs. Mm -hmm. Listen, Envy, we've both been arrested before. Don't you think that the ink they use to fingerprint us is very similar to what you got on your chin right now? <laughs> that ink is dark 
or it's black. I my my bed is dark brown, brother. <laughs> Boy, you better shut up and stop lying. Yee, what do you see? Um, it's some type of dye. I'm not sure if it's like one of those. What is it called? The gray, just gray or whatever. But I don't know what he's using. But it's something. Are Maybe it's not Beijing. Just, are you referring just for men? Just for men. Yeah. Is that what you're using? I can neither. Got it. Spot on. Just for men. <laughs> I can neither, can neither confirm or deny. Oh, All right. Man. Just for men, 45, you said, right? Oh, my goodness. Are we taking more calls? Or we just no, we're not taking no more, more calls. What's the moral of the story, you ask? Moral of the story is you oh, can't spell. Oh, here it is. What is just it, for men beard. Just for men beard. You're using M45 dark brown. There's an M60 jet black. M, okay. M45 dark it, brown. He, he's doing it himself, and that's why it looks so dark and so fake. That's what it is. But the moral of the story is you can't spell Beijing without the beige. Congratulations, Envy. I'm glad we solved this mystery. I'm, I am too. Oh, my goodness. Oh, good. We, we have rumors on the way? Uh, we already solved one, but let's go to another <laughs> one. Mm-mm-mm. And we're going to tell you about a very well-known music producer who just got arrested yesterday after 15 sexual assault charges and five separate felony assault charges. Thanks. All right. Well, we'll get to that next it's the Breakfast Club. Good morning, you bullies. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Charlemagne. Yes, sir. Uh, you got a positive note? Yes, man. The positive note is simply this, man. It's Thursday, so I want all of y'all to remember this. It is always better to ask questions than to make an assumption because assumptions set us up for suffering. Breakfast Club, bitches. Are y'all finished or y'all done? 